Phoenix from the Phoenix podcast. I'm sure you do a whole bunch of other things. Man, it's been a while since I talked to you, man. Talk to me. How's everything, man? Everything has been good. It's been a weird roller coaster since December to present. And I'm, I'm okay. like looking here, like the camera's right there. So, hey, um, it's been really weird since December on to literally just maybe 10 minutes ago. Okay. Okay. So it, it's weird that even though we don't speak as often that, that I would like, you know, based on, you know, scheduling and different things like that, um, we still tend to cross the same path of, um, you know, like streets, if you will. Right. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know you were coming. Oh, you're here. Okay. Exactly. That's cool. <laughs> so it's like, but how come you didn't tell me you were coming? If you knew I was coming too. Right. So it's like, but, but, I'm, I'm, I'm excited because, um, we, we've kept a, a great relationship over the years. So, uh, I'm definitely humbled by that. Uh, I consider you a great friend and a brother. Uh, so, uh, to be here still, um, excited to create content, excited, uh, for new relationships, excited to build things, um, like really in the next couple of months, right? Different things that you're doing that you may touch on and stuff like that. It's just, it's just good to have you, man. Likewise, it's always great catching up with you. So, I mean, God, the last time we talked, woo, it's been some years. A lot's definitely changed. Uh, it's been a while for me as one because <laughs> you know me back in way yonder day. Um, but, okay, so so talk about that. What what do you mean by that? So we started. I believe you and I started off in the same community, and I'm not going to name names or anything, but we started off in the same community. Um, I believe. And from there, it's like we scattered like the Dragon Balls, so to speak. And we all had our separate ends of the universe. And God, early, maybe 10 years ago, me, I was, woo, I was wild on Twitter. I was, you talk bad about Xbox or Beyonce, I'm going at you sideways, up, straight down, it, all the compasses. And I want to say, Oh God, over the past, I want to say maybe like the past five years or so, I've been redirecting energy, so to speak. And so what changed? I want to say it was a different mindset, you know, back 10, even 15 years ago. Like, See, it's, it doesn't just, you, we don't just wake up. Well, sometimes right? <laughs> we don't just wake up and be like, you know what? I'm just going to be a better human. <laughs> right? That doesn't really happen all the time. It, it does it. And I think what really did change, I think was, and you, you tweeted this earlier, kind of like, you know, beefs cooking in a slow cooker, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. I kind of had that mentality of, at some point, when do you grow up? At some point, when do you mature and you be the person that you see your friends aspiring to and, you know, things of that nature? Like, this is no secret. Paris and I have always talked about this. Hi, Paris. You're going to kill me for name mentioning you. Um, Paris is always in my ear about. He's a good dude, man. I mean, like, oh, like yeah. legit. He's a good dude. Um, we love him. And I know that, um, he's, he's inspired, uh, me. You know, I'm speaking uh, directly for me in many ways. Um, and I'm sure, you know, with you have definitely a pleasantries to share about him. And, uh, a lot of the, the earlier, uh, inspirations to start a podcast came from him and Danny and, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. So yeah, salute, man. 
Yeah, and it, it was just, um, he always said, you never know who's watching. And I always wanted to be the person for anyone growing up or navigating their way through life that identifies he, him, she, they, all the different pronouns and all that good stuff. There aren't many people, A, of color in this space. And then there aren't many people who are LGBT people of color in this space. And the more I started to really focus on what I wanted to do, the platform that I wanted to have and the relationships I wanted to build from it. I, I disagree because I want to shake this up a little bit. All okay, right? go for it. And here's what I disagree because I think that uh, the reason that we don't see uh, the, all the different pronouns is um, maybe some insecurity issues because uh, the platforms are readily available for anybody to jump in. And I think it's hard for some individuals to jump in to do either the press play or the press record or whatever. That's why we're not seeing as much. Now, are you talking about on a scale of... Um, you know, major titles uh, uh, at a company kind of thing or more creators expressing themselves through their content. So so that's why I disagree. So talk to me. I think it's across the board for, for me. Right. I think whether it's the person that's on the cover art of a video game um, and I'll just use company A who covers games and media and all this other stuff. It's a copy and paste of the same people from 10 years ago to now. And I agree. I'm, I'm, and this isn't coming from a bitter place. This is coming from a place of, I don't want companies to continue to talk about diversity and inclusion when we get mowed down in the streets for it to look cute on a billboard so that you don't lose dollars. I want to be a, I want to seat at the table where what does diversity inclusion look like for people across the board? To me, I, I can't, I can't say if there's diverse, diversity and inclusion at company A, but it looks like the people who've founded this country, to me, that's not diversity and inclusion. So, I want to be a part of the discussion. I want to be someone who has a seat at the table and is able to articulate what gaming looks like for people like me, what gaming looks like for people that identify with A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And I do agree with you that some people might not know the way of getting there. And how do we foster those uh, creative itches, the, that creative niche for someone to be able to say, while I might not have a $2,000 PC rig to do the broadcasting and to do, you know, the, the Twitch and everything like that, how do we as content creators help that person out to say, Hey, while you start off small, this is where you can work yourself to get big. Cause shout outs to my best friend. If it wasn't for my best friend flip, I wouldn't be on a gaming PC right now. I wouldn't. Looking at this mic and looking at this boom arm and the okay, camera. So I, I definitely want to hear about your gaming PC stuff. Well, what changed for you? I really want to like, um, go back into that a little bit. So what mm-hmm. really changed for you, uh, to, uh, make a decision that your mindset was going to be different on how you, um, go about, uh, presenting yourself on social media? And then I definitely want to hear like what kind of PC you got to like, cause that, that's the nurse. <laughs> so we got, we got to get into that. But, uh, but yeah, so, 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 so take me on that journey though. Like what, what happened? I think. I can't be someone who's problematic 24 seven on Twitter, who's using every derogatory slang and different words that we hear in the streets, 
but then want to be taken serious by Corporation A or Corporation B. Mm. So I, I didn't, I didn't think it was appropriate for me to continuously be have an immature and be immature, but want to move into a mature setting. You got to shed that coat at some point. And you, you know, you can't have the mindset of a 13 year old trying to move like a 30 year old. That's just, I guess the way I looked at it. And the more, like I said, I talked to different people and they're like, well, you know, a never know who's watching. And then B everybody across the, no matter what industry you're in, Everybody talks to each other. So if you come across as this to one person at this place and you go shoot your shot at this company, they're going to tell you no, because that's that network. And I think for me, it, it just dawned on my head that I can't continue to operate in the mindset of a child when operating in adult spaces. Hmm. Okay. So a lot of time is spent on social media, depending on who it is, right? We spend a lot of time on a platform, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, we're trying to learn how to navigate. But I think that there were some individuals that were instrumental to our journey. That's what I'm hearing. Very much. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. So, so now uh, gaming PC. Let, let, so, what'd you get? What'd you end up getting? <laughs> Let's talk about that real quick. <laughs> My best friend's going to kill me when he sees this video because I am like technologically stupid. <laughs> okay. So, so, is I, it a big tower or a, a, a medium tower? This is a. I would say it's a medium. It's a I don't. Medium I wouldn't call this big tower. It's not a PlayStation Five tower. <laughs> okay. Okay. And it's do you have probably like, uh, right underneath of it though, like maybe like four inches off. Twenty series card or thirty series card in there. There is a twenty eighty in there. So I mean, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. It is. I'll get is. a lot done. <laughs> yeah, I'll get a lot done. Very. Okay, so so you got you got decent RAM. It's fast enough, right? Um, yeah. You know, ten eighty p four k or 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 where where are we at? We're smashing fourteen forty p. Fourteen forty. That's good. Yes, it for for PC wise, mind you, I don't know nothing about the 4Ks and the the nine thousand frames per second, all that jazz. I just know it when yeah. it comes to the console space. But P, yeah. PC is a whole new realm for me, right? So this this keyboard and mouse thing, yeah, was daunting at first. So I'm just sitting here learning how WASD is the back, right, left, forward, all that jazz, and. So you decided to play with a keyboard and mouse instead of plugging in a controller. There are certain games I will play a controller with, though. Okay, sweet. So if, if I'm playing Halo on PC, it's a controller all day. That's what I've been playing Halo on for 20 years. Mm. I, I'm not shaking the table on that. Um, so you have it for Steam? What do you have it for? I No, I have that on Game Pass. Yeah, I've done Game Pass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's 20 bucks right now. I'm thinking about getting it on Steam and then the original copy. I usually like index, uh, like add the library mm -hmm. right? and then resell it. So the library can have like a, a copy of, you know, games like that. So if I get a, a duplicate over time, since I'm moving most of my games to the PC stuff, I usually just, you know, donate to the library and stuff. So that's what's up. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, cause, cause they have, um, there's usually a section in a library where they have games that people can rent. So why not, you know, give them stuff that I'm no longer playing? Hmm. That yeah. makes good sense. Yeah. Cause I mean, GameStop is not going to give me any money for it. No. <laughs> right? no. So, so rather than doing that, I know that the, the replay value is going to be a long time if I index it at the library. 
This is why you're the brains here, right? This is why you're the brains. You're the nah, brains nah, of the mouthpiece. That's how that works. Nah, nah man, you're, you're good. So, <laughs> so, um, so uh, a lot of uh, things have have transpired over the years. I definitely agree with you there. Um, in terms of how we're creating content, um, I know you have the podcast that you do. How often are you doing the podcast now? Once or twice a month, I think. I went from a weekly format to bi-weekly and then it kind of just morphed into quality content versus quantity. I, I think having a, for me, and I'm not talking about anybody else, for me, having a podcast that covers gaming, tech, pop culture. Um, but you always did pop culture for a while though. Yeah, I think in the early days of podcasting, whew, way back in April of 2008, oddly enough. Because I remember um, when you were pivoting to the pop culture stuff uh, specifically for a while, yeah. It, it just, it, like, it became a point where I felt as though I was just putting out stuff to put stuff out to reach a number. And the more I sat back and thought about it, and this may be the Virgo in me that overthinks everything, but the more I thought about it, I'm like... Why am I putting out, why am I aiming to put 52 episodes out per year when to me that it, if I'm putting 52 episodes out, there may be 20 episodes that I personally find quality. I know what is, somebody, what is your people saying though? So I'm going to push back. I'm going to push back for the people. What are the people saying though? Do they want 52? <laughs> I'm sure the people want 52. I've been told. There's a, uh, I, I met some listeners. I hate calling them fans. I, I think that's crazy for me. Um, I met some listeners a couple of years ago who live out in this area and they would literally be like, when's the new episode coming out? When's the new episode coming out? I keep refreshing and nothing's there. And I'm like, it's, it'll come. Just be patient. So I know that there probably is a demand for 52 episodes per year. I mean, yeah, per year. I'm sorry. Um, but I, again, it's that overthinking for me where if I'm listening to a pod, if I'm recording a podcast and I am genuinely bored while recording it, for me, I'm just like, well, what's the point of putting this out? Because I didn't give it a hundred percent or it didn't feel genuine for me. You know, I think I listen to certain podcasts like before I would have 30 podcasts I'd listen to in a week. Now it's down to like three or four of them. Um, to me, it's, to me, it's all about the quality. And I, and I even hold myself to that standard when it comes to streaming. You know, I kind of pivoted into streaming and, um, while I have goals with that, it's kind of, I see the big picture, not the small steps of getting to the big picture. What are the is, goals with that, that? Can you share or is this things that you're still putting, um, putting on paper? My goals, I mean, honestly, I want a better camera. Uh, this camera is lovely. Logitech is wonderful. Hi, Logitech. Um, but I, like, I have my eye on this Sony A6100 that several of my favorite streamers use in there. It just looks crisp quality. Um, so that's one of the goals. I think another goal, I mean, I do want to become partnered. You know, I'm affiliate. Um, and it's weird because I guess now the conversation might take a turn to kind of what we were talking about before. No, we I mean, we can talk about whatever, man. Like, we can jump <laughs> in, jump out. We can turn around. I mean, let's do it. Let's, let's do it. So it was weird because I remember 
this had to have been when the Xbox One first launched. And I was like, oh, Twitch, I can stream. I don't need a PC. And I remember talking to DJ Knight at the time. I called him. And I'm like, hey, like, you know, you're really, you're going to take off on the streaming thing. Like, do you have any tips? And he said, because I said, I'm streaming off of console. And I'll never forget what he said to me. And I literally saw him shoot to the moon. And I'm so proud of him. He said, who cares what you're starting your stream on? You could start on a Nintendo 3DS basically if you want to. It's the way that you keep grinding and you keep chugging and you keep moving along. And to see where he's at now, where he's partnered and doing commercials, I'm so proud of him. And for me, I love being able to get in front of this camera, in front of this keyboard and this screen and playing games that my community loves to see me play. I I thoroughly enjoy it. If I'm not going to say if when the opportunity comes or when the time comes where I am making enough from streaming to say, oh, I can quit a nine to five. I would make streaming my full time job. Um, I mean, there but. A lot of people, when you, when you're streaming, like, and you're and in I think the- I, I just want to say this. That's a dope dream, man. And I know some people, like, kind of, like, poo-poo on that. That's a dope dream, man. Like, content creation and just residual income coming in, and you don't have to worry about, you know, a lot of stuff. You could pay stuff, have stuff on auto pay. I mean, that's a dope dream, and I hope nobody's <laughs> poo-pooing on that. I know somebody is somewhere, you know, right, on the Internet, somewhere right now. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that's a dope dream, man. But... And and it's funny that you say, you know, somebody was poo-pooing on it because I remember, again, my best friend who basically built this PC for me for my birthday um, when I got into streaming and then I was doing it like damn near on a daily basis. It slowed down because cool kind of got a little intense and thank God that'll be done by the end of the year. But um, I saw some friends like friends, mind you, try mm-hmm. to compete in those spaces. And I'm like what's the point of competing? Because if competing in what spaces, I just want to get clarity. Like in the, in the, uh, the Twitch space. Gotcha. And okay. if let's say we were all in discord and let's say uh, I would l- allow the discord audio to be in the stream, they would join the audio and just completely over talk everything that I'm doing and take over their channel and try to pull people to theirs. And I'm like, this yeah. crab in a barrel mentality. I'm past. I'm way beyond that. Because if you remember 2008 Phoenix, that's a whole different Phoenix from 2021 Phoenix. Okay, you're, calm, you're calmer now. A, a lot calmer. <laughs> so I mean, I say all that to say where, you know, if you want to form a network, if you want to collaborate, you want to sit down and you know do something. I'm all open ears. I'm we all can eat off of this. There's enough room on YouTube, on Facebook gaming, Twitch, Twitter. They've got stuff going on. So I'm, I'm all about, yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, they do. do. Um, But you know, I'm all about uplifting black and brown people. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, I didn't understand the magnitude as a child when Rodney King happened. Um, and it's funny because I was talking to my therapist about this earlier this week. I didn't understand the magnitude of um, Rodney King as a child because I'm a child. The only thing I was worried about was Batman, the animated series and X-Men that's coming on Saturday on Fox Kids. Mm-hmm. But then when Trayvon Martin hit, 
and I remember being at work and they released the audio and you could hear him screaming for help. And then the countless names from then to present to this very day, it changed a mindset in me where I want to uplift people and show people of color more support than they may feel that they will get at any company or at their job or whatever the case is, you know, and I think some people have jumped in my mentions or DMs and said, you know, that's racist. And I like, I don't see how that's racist by supporting people that look like me. I don't, you know, I think that's baffling in its own right. So I say all of that to say that a lot of things have shaped in the past 10 years from who you were first introduced to, to who we're now sitting and having this flow of dialogue now. Absolutely. Absolutely. So a couple of things you mentioned, I want to revisit because I, because I'm, uh, I'm curious. Uh, so you mentioned therapy and you mentioned crabs in a barrel, but, um, the context that you put crabs in a barrel, um, hit me different because mm-hmm. if, um, if you're on the discord and other people are in the conversation, I think what's happening is, um, as you're creating your brand, this is just how I'm thinking about it. And you just, you know, tell, tell me what happened there. As you're creating your brand, you begin to really uh, look at your Twitch platform, your YouTube platform as the business that it is. Right. So now when friends who do not understand, um, the, the, what they're doing when they're having different conversations on your platform as you're trying to build a business and you do that can cause a level of friction between you and your friends. So question is, uh, why did you describe, describe it as uh, crabs in a barrel? And is it more, more than that? The reason why I described it as that was because I, th- I think I s- mentioned it, but when like, that's like, let's say if you're streaming and you're playing a game and I'm playing a different game, but we're in the same chat and I'm basically over talking you. You can't talk to your community and I'm trying to funnel people from your channel to watch me. OK, so they're doing call to actions on. Gotcha. Yeah. OK, I'm good. To me, okay, I'm good. you know, I, I and even with some of the stuff that we see online, like <laughs> Khalif, for instance, shout out to Khalif. Um, shout out to just literally hit the rock up on Twitter. Boom. Five minutes later, the rock's like, Hey bro, I'm going to have someone reach out to you. We're going to get the the energy drink over there. And he got it. Khalif has worked his ass off. I don't know if I can cuss. I'm sorry. He worked yeah, his butt uh, off. PG <laughs> um, 13. Okay. You know, he worked his butt off to, to be in the position that he's in and to see people say, Oh, you know, you, 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 you're kissing butt to get stuff. And I'm like, that's not it. And it's, I don't see it from anybody else. Maybe it's just I'm blind, but I don't see it from anybody else except for people that look like us. Instead of saying, yo, this is dope. Congratulations. Stuff like that. It's always met with, Oh, you're not trying to put me on. You're not trying to put me on and all this other minuscule stuff. To me, I think that's completely asinine. So the the putting on is interesting because when we, you know, speaking, you know, uh, about us, try to put people on, they don't believe we have the knowledge to help them and those 
<laughs> right situation. So no, 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 no. You're good. You're good. So sometimes it seems like you're you're talking to individuals who don't really want to hear what you have to say. So um, I I would be shocked if um, and I and I know he's he's given advice on a lot of things, whether it's you know it's the Caliphs, you know, or uh, the Parises. Um, they give advice, whether you choose to take the advice or not. That's on you. But don't be mad when they apply what they've been right so yeah. now you're upset because they said hey do this watch how you behave on social media people are always watching but yet you yep. still want to say all the things that you want to say and you're wondering why you're not getting opportunities but they told you you know or somebody told you you know not to do those things but you you don't want to listen so when so it's interesting that, that you bring that up so as i'm thinking about it some more there was a particular a uh, company that I don't remember who it was, but they put a tweet out and they said, when uh, uh, a content creator is mentioned to us, we go back six to seven years of things that we can find about them on social media to decide if or, you know, we want to work with them or not. So you mm -hmm. figure six to seven years is a long time. Okay? Very long. And, and, and that's just one company, a, a pretty, you know, big company, too, that has purchased a lot of different companies uh, that we're aware of today. I'm just going to leave it just like that. But the fact of the matter <laughs> is, if you think that that advice, you know, coming from someone who's black is not as, you know, uh, powerful, you know, for, for lack of a better term right now, than any other demographic, then who, who is, wh whose problem is it now? Right. right? <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I think, how can I put this the best way without sounding like a fanboy? When you look you can at. You sound like a fanboy. Like, who, okay, who good. Beyonce. Um, <laughs> when I look at Beyonce, right, I think. Or even Oprah. I'll even use Oprah, the Obamas. Yo, Oprah's dope, man. Yeah. You never see them punch down if you get what I'm trying to say like you never see them punch down and what I mean by that is you could probably go on Beyonce's uh, Twitter or Instagram and you could probably see people hating on her calling her all sorts of names and things like that but she never addresses it and I'm I'm more than sure as a celebrity you you you, you are a brand you are the brand like Rihanna again Oprah Oprah doesn't address Nikki Minaj. <laughs> God. Come on now. Come on now. I don't like Nikki for several hundred I, I know reasons. you don't. I know you don't. But the, the grind, the grind is real. You know, she, she, she did her thing, you know, and that's, you know, some respect. Even if okay. you don't like her, some respect, right? No. No. Okay. All right. I, I try. I try. <laughs> we'll go into that in a different day. Okay. How about that? But, but uh, you know, but you know, they don't. They do nothing to tarnish the brand. They don't do anything to. Because um, what does it look like? You being successful, mm -hmm. and all you're doing is spending your money making hours going at trolls on the internet. Like they say, time is money. If you calculate how much Oprah makes in a year down to the second, bro, I can't even afford the, you know, 
Does she have time to address it? You know what I mean? Avocados. I want an Oprah avocado, man. (laughs) You understand. Okay. You understand. But I mean, and and that's the thing. Like, you know, Danny, Danny, one of the hardest working people that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and calling friend. Give that man his flowers. Put put him on the Mount Rushmore right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, for um, those who like who's Danny is Godfrey from Gamertag Radio. Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just um, saying because I know like there's there's a different audience and I know like we're we're friends with uh, most of the people that we're mentioning. Some people are like, who who's who's Danny? Like, like you know, so even yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like even you, you've worked as long as I've known you, you have bust your tail off to reaching out to people and you even recommended a book to me years ago mind you the art of the interview or something like that i think it was called Mm -hmm. and every time me and you sit down i kid you not i still have notebooks of some of the stuff that we talked about it's instead of let's say the crab in a barrel mentality that let's say you danny paris or anybody could have it's always sharing the knowledge of this is how you do things. This is how you move in this space. This is how, because if I've never moved in a boardroom setting and I'm coming in Joe Schmo off the street, I'm going to make myself look like a fool. So when Paris is tweeting, Hey, gaming is great across the diaspora of gaming. That's true. The fanboy stuff is idiotic. And I say that even to my younger self, because I was Captain Xbox at one point. You couldn't say nothing bad about the green around me. <laughs> so, right. um, so yeah, I, I, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> I felt like I went on a tangent. I, no, that's, that's fine. It's fine. A, a lot of folks, I I don't think they realize like what it took for, and I, and I thank you for the, for the kind words. And it's definitely encouraging to me even now because I still feel like I'm fighting um, the underdog stuff, right? I still feel like I'm an underdog and that's just me. I don't know how the world views me, but even though there's things that I, I could look back and say, man, I was dope. We did that and stuff like that. There's still levels of it that I still feel like I need to, um, leave a lot on the table. Um, and you know, when I leave here, people can actually play the catalog and be like, yo, this dude was really trying to, you know, help folks out. Right. So I'm still working through that. So, uh, so the thing, the, the place I wanted to go with that one was, um, Danny has worked in media. Okay. <laughs> so he has the experience there, you know, with the game attack radio, but he has worked in media, mm-hmm. uh, Paris. Okay. Has served the country. Okay. All right. Uh, I've been in uh, the government contracts where I had secret badges. So everybody's coming in with their different thing that they brought to the podcast or the live stream and stuff like that. So uh, that's part of why it's easy for me to keep secrets because I've was trained to do that. Right. Right. So a lot of people, you know, feel very comfortable to talk to me about different things. Yeah. You know, leadership and and ministry, you know, you kind of get that vibe too, but not every uh, church leader, uh, you can tell them stuff because next thing you know, they'd be in a pulpit telling all your business. So that some people, (laughs) right. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Some people, so, so there's training involved and, and I'm not against training. So when, when we're, when we're saying, Hey, you know, definitely do this, you know, watch the set, you know, this set of videos or, or do that. There's, there's things that we've seen that could 
really cut down on how much you have to, um, you know, get to a point to produce. Right. And I think that, um, the, the way things are set up right now is, you know, whether you want to, to do a podcast or, or any other, uh, content creation stuff, it's just you cutting out the noise and then just doing the stuff because yeah. you're looking for validation. The internet is the wrong place to look for the validation, right? You need to find, you know, your family members who love you, who, you know, if you're trying to be, you know, more self-aware, then, you know, work on that with your family. So when you're presented to the public, it's not a challenge for you on who you are, right? Right. So, so that's a tangent. So you go ahead, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you said you, you wanted to touch on the te- therapy thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, what, why, um, when, okay. When did you start and why did you start going? I started in June or July of this past year, 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt as though for me, um, in the black household, therapy is such a dirty word. You know, what I'm about to say is, not derogatory in any term because I, I talk to God a lot, not as much as I probably should, but they always, it's always the thought process of pray on it, pray it and kind of like set it and forget it, which is pray and leave it, you know, leave it to God. Sometimes that, that is enough, but sometimes what happens when it's not? What happens when there are signs that you need to uncover some things that has made you the way that you are or even situations at work. For me, mine, without getting into detail, mine was very much work related where I was going to work and my, okay, I reported to the superintendent of my job. So there's the division chief, superintendent, then there's me. So the superintendent, when I first got the job, me and her was like, boom, I shared some pretty uh personal things uh <laughs> that hypothetically not hypothetically that law requires her not to say she broke a HIPAA law. She told my business to a peer of mine. Now, for anyone who doesn't know how all the HIPAA laws work, if a subordinate comes to me, one of my employees comes to me and says, Hey, XYZ is going on. I might need to get up and walk around the building for a couple minutes every hour and so forth. Cool. I didn't even know your personal business. Whatever. If I choose to share that with my supervisor or up the chain, legally, I am allowed to do that. However, when it pertains to me telling one of my other subordinates or one of my peers, that is 110% illegal. And so she went, so she's two and she told a three on, on your row. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you're saying from two to three, from two to one, that's okay. Because yeah. so the exceptions are if there's a danger, life threatening and stuff like that. Is there those exceptions where you can share different things or? Technically, yes. Um, for this is what was explained to me by our HR department once I reported the individual. Um, but the person who I know in our HR department said, I don't care how cool you are anywhere that you go forward in any job in life. 
A, never tell your supervisor your business. You go to HR and you get an ADA request. Um, what an ADA request does is that goes through the legal channels and they draft up paperwork that says, hey, this person has a legit medical situation going on. As a job or company, we are reasonably accommodating their request, whether you could have a spine issue and you need a $3,000 chair. If they find that reasonable, the company will pay for it. You got your $3,000 chair. That's just some of the instances. Um, but it, she ran her business and I was terrified of this woman because she had my job in the palm of her hands and she operated in fear around that job. And I remember one of my employees used to she operated call, with fear. Yeah, she operated with fear because gotcha. Gotcha. she could screw with anybody in the building. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I remember one of my employees, because uh, I always would go, she's an older woman, always go and talk to her and just get advice because I find that like a big mama type or literally, literally. That's the funny okay. thing, literally. Um, and she said, you know what, Mark? Like big mama's not offensive for those listening. It's a term for an elder who is very wise in the family and is coined big mama. Carry on. Yes. <laughs> so she said, Mark, I'm going to tell you this. Cause she said, I see that this whole situation, like even before that situation came about, you're not going to get tired of the stuff that she does to you personally until you're absolutely fed up. And when a coworker of mine, who's my sister, like that's my ace boom coon, she came in my office and she's like, I have something to tell you. And she shut the door and she was almost in tears. And I'm like, what is going on? So then when she told me the situation, like I got so angry, like my hands started shaking and, uh, I kind of walked out of my office and kind of gathered myself in the bathroom, came back into my office, shut the door. And this is how I know for a fact God was like, <laughs> this was divine intervention because the thought process crossed my mind of really, how can I word this without? I gotta keep it real, keep it a stack. All right, well, I'm gonna keep it a stack, I'm gonna keep it a stack. Mm, mm. Um, but my, my, my good girlfriend came in there and she, it's like something told me to come in here and check on you. And when she came in, we talked and the person that she said she got the information from, I called her to my office. I didn't even look at it. I'm just like, they're right here. I'm looking at my computer screen and I said, you know, Hey, can you tell me what was told to you pertaining to me? Without hesitation, she spit the same thing my my uh, my, my my coworker said. So I'm like, okay. At that moment, let's just say that happened on Tuesday. I was still scared to go to HR at that point. Um, That's early in the week too. Yeah. Wow. And I was terrified to go to HR. And then the next day, my former supervisor approached me on some nonsense and tried to blame me for something. And something just, I don't know what kicked into me. 
you can hypothetically say I grew a pair. I walked out her office and I was on fire. I went in my my office, shut the door, and I remember putting on I don't I can't remember what I was listening to. And I said, you know what? Screw this. I took my headset off, put it on my desk, walked out the office, into her office, and shut the door. I said, let me tell you something. And I just went off. And the expression. Now, you can tell when somebody's lying. Just based off if I present you with information and your facial expression is just like her facial expression. Like like the deer, like I can't believe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. She gave that facial expression. Like if her face could have turned pale, it would have. And Throughout the remainder of the week, she would come in my office checking on me. Are you okay? And she would call my phone after hours. Are you okay? So I just ended up blocking her. And then it got to a point where I just got fed up. I went to HR and I reported it. And at that point, every day I would walk into work prior and even then, I would listen to music. It'd be great. Second, I pull up into the garage. Someone could blink at me and I was ready to go off. Mm, mm. So that's what made me see therapy or seek therapy because nobody who isn't living in the four walls of your home should have that much control over this. And she had control over me because I can't get you the way that I want to get you. Mm. Like I'm talking about me, 2008 me came right up to the door and was ready to lay her verbally out. And ever since I've been really in therapy, I don't even call her by her name anymore. My therapist said, don't call her by her name. Give her some minuscule number. That means absolutely nothing. I was going to say 45, but then that's Trump. And then I thought of the number six. And the reason why I came up with that number was because I was watching Umbrella Academy at that time. And there's only five of those kids. The sixth one is dead. Mm. (laughs) So I was like, okay, great. You're six. And ever since then, like I can literally pick up the phone for work purposes and call her and not want to cuss her out on the phone. It's strictly professional at that point. So to me, that was the main reason of going to therapy because I would come home every day miserable. I would go to work miserable. I would look forward to the weekend. I would look forward to whenever I have enough PTO, I could just call out for the week and not have to deal with it. So that's why I was went to therapy. Mm, mm. And how are you feeling now? Like you've been you've been going for a while and how do you feel? How's your day to day? How's you know, how's your vibe, you know, throughout the week and the last you know, three, four weeks. How you, how you been? The last several weeks have been great. Um, there's this app called Headspace. Uh, if you're a student, you can get it for $10 a year. Um, it's meditation type stuff where it's like stress, anxiety, even just taking a minute to breathe. Um, they have like these sleeping uh, things that you listen to and it gives you exercises while it's putting you to sleep. And I can say it, it works. Um, it, I, I've, I've absolutely enjoyed therapy. Like I love, I'm not gonna say love it because it Wednesdays we meet. It'll be an hour before I'm like, God, I don't want to talk to this woman. And then when we get into the conversation, it's like she puts things that? in perspective. So 
one, it was important to find someone of color for me because right around when George Floyd happened, that's when I started to see her. That's what it was right around that time. And I feel as though having someone of a different nationality, we can't vibe on how I feel about that. And for me, it's like, are they exceptions to that rule? Cause I've heard that. I've heard that before. Are they exceptions to this rule? Um, if, if the person just, but just an example, mm-hmm. if the person is married in to a person of color, is there an exception there or the person has to be, um, an African American in some way, shape or form? So I'm, I'm just trying to get clarity. I'm not, you know, this is not necessarily a pushback. I'm just trying to understand. I, I'm not against allies, right? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm definitely not against that. To me, I, I, and it could be my own ignorance, right? I think if I come to you with a black issue versus me going to Austin Powers with a black issue, those are two different conversations. And Austin Powers is probably a horrible person to bring up, a, you know, thinking about that. But let's just say I mean, Joe Biden, Biden, for instance. Me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> awesome movies, by the way. Um, but let's just even say Joe Biden, right? Joe Biden been around. <laughs> okay. But maybe not Joe, right? Okay. No, no, let's go with Joe. I want to hear where you go. Joe. We'll go with Joe. We'll go with Joe. Joe been around, Joe been around some soul, right? Joe Absolutely. know, Joe know about the soul. Yeah. So Joe can't fully understand what the family of Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, these mm. countless names, uh, Breonna Taylor, you can sympathize with that mm-hmm. where I've had cousins of mine who were shot in certain dealings, so to speak. And you and I have a different fear when we're pulled over versus absolutely, you know, Joe Biden. Let's just take the president name out of the picture. Joe Biden, who works at Home Depot from 11 to 7 every day. You have a whole okay, different so, thought process. So Joe Biden, before he even gets into work, when he's in the parking lot heading into the store, he doesn't even look both ways. He just crosses the street. Okay, you understand. <laughs> Which, no offense, I start to do that now. Because I'm just Me like, <laughs> if y'all playing this game, oh, I'm going to play this game too. So we're going to play yeah. together. So it's um, okay. All right, Joe. And I think that was important for me, but what was more important, because I didn't want the, if you've, this next reference is going to be from Rugrats, the Dr. Lipschitz type of uh, analogy where, how does that look? Let's unpack that because I'm a spitfire. You, you know me. I'm, I'm going to just start shooting fire left and right. And I wanted someone who will be able to call me on my stuff. Mm-hmm. And the therapist that I go to, she will call me on something immediately. Um, the last session, I think we were actually talking about content creation and I was just telling her about some of the things that have been continuously happening over this past several months. And I'm like, I don't know what God's trying to tell me, mm. but I'm going to move in the direction he pointed me in. Now, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but it's going to happen. Um, and she will say certain things that will cause me to think like, well, what does your brand look like to you? What, you know, if you're going to 
uh, let's say E3, for instance, and you're meeting with Phil Spencer for, she doesn't know who Phil Spencer is. I'm just throwing a name out there. And you're meeting with Phil Spencer and Phil doesn't know who you are. And Phil asks you straight up, what are you about? What's your platform about? And she asked me, and I literally looked at her dumbfounded. Like I know in the back of my mind, like this is what I want my platform to be, but she's, she calls me on it a lot. She's like, you have to get into the mindset. You need to write it out and then commit it to memory. What's your pitch? Yeah. Right. And she's like, you need to commit it to memory because you'll never know a who's watching you mm-hmm. and B who you're going to bump into, whether it's virtually or in person. And you need to be ready to sell yourself immediately. So that's one of the things I guess that happened this past week that it's a constant way of getting me to think. And I love productive conversations, whether it's just us talking about Falcon, Winter Soldier, WandaVision, what Marvel might have coming down the pipeline, or what does a business venture look like for you? I love thoughtful conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so the 30 second pitch or the under a minute pitch is, is definitely uh, something that, that we have to have down. Um, especially like you said, some of the circles that we're going to be around, um, however they decide to show up. <laughs> right. I'll say right. that. <laughs> Where we're going to be challenged on why should I listen to you? Exactly. And I think. There is, and I hate calling it competition. Um, there's a lot of uh, people. Elaborate, elaborate. Because I, I don't look at what I'm doing versus what anybody else is doing as competition. I just look at it. Hey, you're doing your thing. I'm doing my thing. I don't, I don't have time to worry about what the next person is doing because I want to make sure what I'm doing is the best that it can be. Um, now, if person A says, Hey, I want to do a co-stream with you. Cool. Let's do it. Let's, let's, let's run the, the mill with it. Um, I just don't have enough time or energy to say, you have a hundred thousand followers. I need to get 150,000 followers. The internet is a vast place with billions of people on it. Why are we still here? You know what I'm saying? Why are we still here? Why are we still here? Okay. So, so I'll say, I'll say this and I definitely want to uh, dissect that a little bit. So I was listening to a podcast earlier today. It was with, um, comedian Whitney Cummings. Okay. okay. And Paris Hilton. <laughs> okay. Now, don't know how you feel about her. Okay. But listening to Paris Hilton like a normal human being on this podcast is, is very, very refreshing because she could be anywhere. Okay. She has like 23 different perfume lines. I'm sure probably clothing and different things like that. Um, she did the documentary maybe last year, whenever the, the documentary dropped about revealing, you know, her situation, uh-huh. but I'm sure she's worth a lot of money. Right. So she don't have to be on a podcast talking about, you know, who she is, but that's her friend. They, they're, they're friends. So she came on, uh, on the podcast. Um, it wasn't a paid thing that she had to do, uh, for that particular conversation, which I thought was refreshing. And she uh-huh. also has a podcast, which I like, I like listening to, to, to individuals who are, who are seen, who seem so far away in terms of like, uh, like the rocks, the Paris Hilton's, like, you know, like Oprah. You, you can go on and on, right? About right. what they've done, 
uh, to the world, have the impact of so many individuals, but yet like they're normal people. Like they're normal people with, and they have normal conversations, but I, I don't see that. Like, and I know we talked about this in the past, but when it comes to us, yeah, there is a level of competition there because, you know, we always want to be, you know, the best at what we're doing. And I think that we're all different in the way we do that, but yet uh, collaboration, um, you know, put it plainly and in the black community seems to be a challenge um, that doesn't seem to be going away. I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think, and that's what I mean, um, where it's 2021. This isn't 1776. You know what I mean? It, where. So, so you go all the way back there for, for that mindset. I do. I think that's a generational thing because. And this is even going back into to various readings that I've been doing where it's colonizers of that era, um, they would literally go to Africans and say, yeah, we won't take you across the sea if you basically bring us more slaves. And even when people were escaping off the plantations, You'd have other people who were committed to the cause of the person who owned the plantation to be like, oh, they're going to be running away at nine o'clock at night or at one in the morning. And it's that you're getting out and I'm stuck. I'm stuck in a situation that I can't get my head around. And instead of asking for help, putting in the work and continue to do the best that you can do because, and the saying is just, it's so cliche, but it's so true. The cream always rises to the, to the top or the crop, however the, the world you say it. There's always a diamond in the rough. There we go. Um, you can't substitute hard work for laziness or laziness for hard work. However you want to word that too. So if let's say I'm the top content creator on Twitch. I have 300,000 people looking at me nightly with over 100,000 subs. And let's say person A, hey, I, you think you can help me, you know, this, that, and the fourth. If I, like you said, company A, who goes back six years to see if they want to work with you, if I look at your platform and you stream once a year, you are on Twitter acting a plum fool, you don't know how to operate in adult spaces because it's weird. I even have to say that, but if you don't know how to operate in adult spaces, me bringing you on the platform and you don't know how to control yourself on the mic, that's going to tarnish me as well. Um, so I mean, I mean, let's, let's keep it a buck, right? I cut that light off, cut this camera off, rip this mic out. <laughs> I'm very much unfiltered <laughs> in my personal life. Mm -hmm. But like you said, when this camera comes on, this mic cuts on, that light goes on and I'm streaming, I'm in business mode. This is a brand. I have to present myself. Same thing with you, I'm sure, where it's like you have who you are behind closed doors, but you never let that person be the forefront of what you are. I object. Go for it. <laughs> okay. So I've... Um, in the last couple of years, I'm trying to find, 
uh, the best way to make those individuals as close to get as, as, as twins, you know, as close as, as I can get them to be the same person. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and yeah, we act a fool. We, yeah, we do. But, um, I think that, um, it shouldn't be such a shock between like, let's say if my wife were, were to walk in here, like she wouldn't be surprised by what she's hearing in this mm-hmm. conversation if she were to walk in versus when the mic is not on. Right. So for me, it has to be as closely um, to that person, that right. online persona is the offline. I think that um, so I'll say this, but I'm not necessarily going to, to do names or anything like that. Uh, there was an associate that um, I've hung out with at events a lot um, in the last, I would say, 10 plus years. Um, and that person right now is in jail. Um. And I don't know what to do with that because I've taken pictures with them. They showed me love. I've hung out with them. Now the offense, the alleged offense, I don't know if it's true or not, but I'm kind of close to it. So I'm biased, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is who you show, show me you are, you were, I don't know. And then from what I understand right now, based on the news report that came out, you're in jail for this. Like we hung out, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Like we took pictures together, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> right. like, you know what I'm saying? As recent as 2019. Yeah. So, you know, so it's like, I, I don't want to be, um, you know, that much different, but I know that there's, like you said, there's, there's always a level of um, you go, you walk up the stage Right. And you mm-hmm. have to do what you do, um, according to, and, and the thing for me too, is like, um, for me personally, people underestimate like how much, um, I've spent time to be good at my craft. Right. And that doesn't always come out until those moments, you know, come up with the, like you said, the stage or, or the mic or the video camera, or when people start asking questions that you have to uh, answer like right now, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, right. so, so I think that there's a, there's a beauty to that where we can uh, showcase um, our gifts uh, once we turn the mic on. But uh, at the same time, I like the grace to know that once it's off, I don't, um, you know, I feel safe you know, within my own sanctuary, my home and stuff like that. And, and, and that kind of vibe. So, yeah. um, yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot there, but, uh, but I want to be the same person online as I am offline. And I think that uh, for me, it's ac- actually the other way around. I'm more reserved on the mic than I am off the mic in terms of ho- how true I want to be with mm-hmm. somebody in terms of how, what I share with them, because not a lot of people are, are ready to hear uh, quote unquote truth about themselves yeah. because it feels like hot takes because truth is not always hot takes. I completely agree. Like sitting here, let's say some of the stuff that I've shared with you and even on various shows that you've had and have done, because I know you, I wouldn't go on, let's say Ellen and divulge. Oh yeah. I, I wanted to go destroy my superintendent because she did. Da, da, da. I would never say that on Ellen and it's not to diminish either platform Ellen, I don't know you. I'm not going to show you a peek behind the the veil, so to speak, or behind the curtain, the man behind Oz. You know what I mean? Where 
And I think that's the gift that you have where you make people feel comfortable where it's, how is that? I still don't get it. It's see the thing with you. The the thing with you is it's a genuine conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. in, and I think that's one of the things that I picked up from you is let's say if I'm recording a podcast, I'll have show notes, bullet point topics of what I want to talk about. I, I don't go by any script. I hate listening to a podcast and I can tell, I can go from listening. Oh, they're reading from a script. It's not authentic. You are authentic in conversation. You get to, you pluck certain things out of people, like methodically, mm. where it's, I'll bring up something and let's say minute 10 of a, let's say a five hour conversation, you'll be like, okay, yeah, but four hours and 50 minutes ago, you said this. Mm. Let's touch on that. It's like your mind is always one step ahead Mm. of the conversation. And to me, I like that. I think that's fascinating. You know what I mean? Mm. So, Mm. and again, you just have that welcoming personality where, again, if I go on a different podcast, it's kind of like, I don't know how much I'm fitting to share with y'all, but y'all can get, y'all can get the wall today. So, so, uh, so the question that arises there is, uh, so what level of discretion do we use? Um, and when, like, when do you decide? Okay. So Ellen is, um, is, is one example, but in the last, let's say a couple of years, when you've recorded either your own podcast, like wh- how much are you sharing of yourselves, uh, of, of yourself now, uh, than you were before? Like, what's that look like to you right now? I think. To me, I share the the piece of me that I share is the gaming aspect and the passion aspect that I have. Um, and let's just say that's 10 to 15% of who I am. I never have been a type of person that would share personal information or personal things about me. Like, how can I put it? You know how people will be like. Here's a question: What do you got to lose? Right, oh, there's right nothing. There. There's there's nothing to lose, but I think there becomes a point where. Okay. How what much do you have to gain? I wouldn't even say there's anything to gain from okay, it. Cool. So neither neither way. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You know, and it, it, to me, it's just how much do you want people to know versus this is the brand, the video game, this is the streamer, this is the podcaster versus this is Mark. This is Phoenix. This is Mark. They bleed. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're definitely avenues where they bleed. Mark and Phoenix love Marvel Studios. Mark and Phoenix love Beyonce. Phoenix, the personality, so to speak, is... Mark kicked up to 10. Mm. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, when, so when I'm streaming and I'm playing a horror game and mind you, oh my God, I hate anything horror related. My community loves it. (laughs) You know, my community loves it. So that's 10, 10 to what I play. So they love to see me like literally this is, this will go over my face depending on what type of horror game I'm playing. Um, Okay. <laughs> Literally, I kid you not. Um, but you're here for Phoenix when you when you're paying attention Am to I? Twitch. When I think the people who come are there for the streamer, they're not there well, you're for projecting. You're projecting that. 
And and I very well could be. I very okay. well could All be. Right. So right. let's talk about that. <laughs> so, so I think I think you're projecting what they're what they're there for, right? Because we don't know. Let's just use the word avatar because I know you understand marketing. Mm-hmm. So we don't know, you know, who that person is coming in. You know, it could be a, a pronoun conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Could be. I don't know. Yeah, could be about the game. Could be you always cheer me up whenever you stream, so I'm I show up when you when you're on. Could be for the entertainment. So we don't know. And I know that you know for the lives of the uh, Michael Jacksons and uh, the Princes, you know, rest in peace. You know, absolutely. Uh, we we saw them in a certain way. Um, but we weren't necessarily privy to a lot of things um, about their lives, you know, mm-hmm. the documentaries. Yes, we understand that. But then, then you look at Prince and Prince was always a big advocate for owning your masters and stuff like that, where it'd be like, well, they will ask him to do a, you know, a particular project and they'd be like, well, who, who's the project going to They'd be like, well, it's going to me, but, but do you own your masters? Be like, no, man, I would much rather you own your masters and, and you get everything from that particular thing. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, so when, when are, are we deciding for the people who we bring to them? I think we are. Should we? I'm not going to say, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to say no to that, right? There okay. are, there is a streamer and I'm not going to call the person out by name. Okay. When I started to really get into Twitch, like watching is it a music streamers. person. No. Okay. Mind you, I love T-Pain. Hi. Um, T-Pain is dope. <laughs> I love T-Pain. Uh, and especially watching him on Twitch has been amazing. But this streamer, um, I almost slipped and said the person's name. That's funny. Um, I can, I can blank it out if you did. So, cause. Okay. Um, this person literally, I, I enjoyed them playing a certain game that I absolutely love now that I stream a lot of. So if you said the game, would that give it away? Cause actually, I don't think, I don't think it would. Okay. Because there are a lot of top people who play Dead by Daylight. Okay. Um, <laughs> It turned into me watching this person and genuinely being entertained. And okay. before I was 100% against subscribing to someone's Twitch. This was Are they playing Dead by Daylight right now. How often do they play it now? I'm trying to guess without you saying anything. We'll talk <laughs> offline. <laughs> okay, we'll good. talk offline. Okay, 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 okay. Um, okay. I'll stop. But it became you not being entertaining to the point where people will come into chat and say, let's just say someone will come into the chat and say, um, Hey, you missed something or, uh, you, Oh, you maybe you shouldn't have dropped the pallet there. This person will attack that person mm. in Twitch. And to me, and this is the one thing I think I pride myself on. I, have been called every name but the name my mom gave me or the alias I gave myself Mm. on Twitch. And maybe it's because I'm so accustomed to it over the years of online gaming that it doesn't phase me anymore where if someone comes in and is like, oh, you suck at this game, 
all right, Ben, you're, you're out, you're out the proverbial paint, so to speak. And I think as a streamer and as a content creator that goes live on certain things, you are absolutely in control along with your mods of the type of energy and the tone that you set for your community. And when he attacked that person, the community, which generally has 3,000 to 4,000 people watching at any given moment, attacked that person. And that's not the type of person I want to support. That's not even the type of streamer I want to be. And I think that's toxic. So. I think I know who you're talking about. Do you? I think I think so. Hold on. Hold on. I'm going to text you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm going to go for it. <laughs> I could be wrong. If you guess it, I will be completely shocked. I text you. No. No? Wait a minute. <laughs> this is so weird we're doing this. <laughs> Are you? It's, it's not that person? I, I thought I, I thought it was that person. Okay, check your phone. That's okay, the question. Okay, okay. Yeah. No. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. That was good. That was a good guess. I think. No. Ooh, I almost slipped. It wasn't. It no. wasn't a good guess. No. Okay. No. All right. I don't we'll know have to talk person. offline about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's that's interesting. Yeah. That person yeah, yeah, yeah. has been very fostering and very cool to me. Okay. Um. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm a little flabbergasted, but. All good things, all good things. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I thought I thought it was them because I I know their branding uh, did a lot of that particular uh, title. So so yeah, that's the first person I thought of when when you were when you didn't name any names. But um, but yeah, oh god, yeah. So I think um, when you are a again a content creator, I don't don't care what platform you're on and you're holding live shows in front of a virtual live audience. People are going to talk. People are going to say whatever it is they want to say. And as a content creator or as the, the person's channel, it is your job or your mod's job to determine the level of offense this person has. You can time them out. You can ban them, whatever. Like to me, if someone came in the chat and called me an N word, Mm-hmm. I would address the situation. Right. This is not acceptable in my stream. If anyone here feels that this is, you can leave. Okay. I, I, I don't want your money. You know, bye. And then that person is banned from the chat. Okay. Um, so, so, okay, before you go on, I just want to say this. From what I understand, uh, the moderator is an extension of the streamer, right? Yes. So they should know, you know, the level of, you know, one, two, three for that particular streamer on what's acceptable and not acceptable in that particular stream. So they should be already like, you know, in sync, if you will, uh, right. when it comes to that stuff. Right. That's how I understand it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. And then again, said person will, let's say I'm banned or whatever the case is. Someone will literally donate this person money just so that they can talk to the streamer to say, hey, please unban me because X, Y, and Z. And he'll be like, yeah, we muted you or banned you for a reason. I don't see why you're, why I would undo that. You dip beep. Like right. would literally right. say something like that on stream. I'm like, 
why, why am I supporting you? And this is some, this is some of the things that you condone in your stream, like the, the, community attacking a single person for let's just saying you're playing Halo and you missed the skull over there in the corner. Hey, you missed the skull. It's back there. And he'll be like, yeah. shut up. Why are you, you stop backseat gaming. This is my channel. I don't get that. Well, that's the community that they foster, right? So we just have to be honest with it, right? Yeah. And, and I think that um, I think we forget uh, a lot of individuals are going to uh, go to particular programming there's a reason why we have, you know, the channels we have two, four, five, seven, nine, and 11, right? Let's just use those channels. Mm-hmm. Every channel has a different programming and we go to, we know what five is. <laughs> okay. We know what's on there, right? We also know what's on four and two, mm-hmm. you know, depending on, on the season or the time uh, for that particular programming. And I think the same applies to uh, these different channels. Now for, for two, five, seven, nine, and 11, when we were growing up, we didn't have access to these individuals that were reporting what they were reporting. Yeah. Or talking about, so we, we didn't have a say in a chat room to yell at them or say something crazy, right? But now we have, we, we got to a place now where these platforms, they have so much access to the, the to the creator. Mm-hmm. But yet the creator is fostering a particular community. And sometimes it's a toxic community and sometimes it isn't. Right. It yeah. could be, I was going to do a comparison with two streamers, but that's not, not a good move. Not going to do that. But you understand that you see there's some streamers, their positivity is just great and mm-hmm. their community is exactly the same. Yeah. Right. And I think that's by design because, you know, they, they've curated that particular, um, audience and they love them for that toxic or, or, or not. So that is true. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm surprised, right? It's not, it's not nice to see. It, it, yeah, there we go. Where When I first saw this person, they weren't that big of a streamer. God, how long have I been? Four years? Mm-hmm. I think it's been four years now. They weren't that big of a streamer, but Dead by Daylight made them big. Right. And in the beginning, they weren't like that. Now it's like, okay, now that you've got yourself a right. little bit of a situation going... You know, and, and that's the other conversation, right? Um, when do we, um, when do we check the person to make sure that they don't lose touch? They stay grounded, right? I think that's people in your corner. And I think who right? said Agreed. this on Twitter? Was it Khalif? It was someone who said this on Twitter just literally this week where you could be the biggest star in the world. If you don't have people around you that are supportive, people around you who are not going to keep it real, it can all be snatched away from you in an instant, just as quick as Thanos would do that. And I think that's the thing that plays in my mind all the time. And I, and my therapist always says this, I'm going to use this. It's not if I become partnered or if I get a thousand subs, when I hit that, 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 that bar, you know, it all could be snatched away from me. You know, it all could be taken away off of one thing I say on Twitch. And I hate to bring it back to the the race thing, but if you look at people, mm, I'm keeping Come it on, on now. Listen, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. If you look that's at people here. like PewDiePie, you're gonna look at the ninjas who 
I respect the grind. Yeah, res- they they have polarizing moments. Okay, I'm, you said to it. Put it lightly. Yeah, you have the moments where you will say the most insensitive, racially bigoted thing that you could think to say on a stream. And in today's world, this here iPhone. If I'm watching it here or even on my iPad, I don't have an iPhone. I don't, I don't know. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, carry on, carry on, carry on. <laughs> I can screen record. You can screen record. Absolutely. I can do it on my damn PC. It's baffling to think these people can say whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want to say it, keep it sponsorships or companies will just say, no, we're distancing ourselves. It's April. In August, let's revisit the conversation. Um, but if I get in that position and I even remotely say something, everything's gone. Without even an appeal, my channel's gone, my career's done, I now got to go back into corporate America. You know what I mean? So... I think, and I even said this earlier this week on Twitter, there needs to be a level of accountability across the board that if streamer A, who has a million followers and subscribers versus streamer B, who has one follower and just getting on Twitch to start this thing off, it needs to be even keel across the board. And okay, it's not so, that. So, so with that, have you seen what Twitch did this week? What did Twitch do? About uh, trying to enforce things that happens off the platform with individuals that uses their platform. And they're going to have, they had, they hired a law firm to make sure that they could like investigate those things when they start happening off that platform. They're really taking that serious. That happened this week. I need a link to this. This is okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll definitely send you a link. I got the email. Hold on. Let me see. Can I open up? I'm not going to open my email here, but I mean, I'm going to tell you what. (laughs) Hold on. Hold on. Oh, well, so, well, um, look for that. Okay, you got it. Never mind. Go ahead. No, no, no. I'm I'm gonna get it in a second because uh, let me see. Twitch, Twitch, Twitch. Okay, our plan uh, for addressing severe off-service misconduct. Mm. Okay, uh, and the two categories include off-service harassment uh, related to an incident that took place on Twitch. And they give an example when reviewing a harassment report originating on Twitch. Example: inappropriate comments in chat. We will also take into account verified related statements made on other social media services if they are reported to us. That's the first one. Second one is off-service behavior unrelated to any specific incident on Twitch that poses a substantial risk to the Twitch community. That uh, This includes egregious acts of hate and harm, including threats of mass violence, child grooming, leadership or membership in a hate group and more. Okay. It goes on to say, you know, they, they, they have a, a third party a law firm involved, uh, with immense experience, uh, to tackle those things. Hmm. That was this week. That's serious. So, so right at the heels of, of what you said, that's a, that's a start in the right direction. It's a start in the right direction. Um, but there's a little bit what triggered that though, right? Facebook gaming and YouTube have okay. been on Twitch's neck. 
Twitch really okay. started off the the live streaming thing. Um, I haven't jumped into the YouTube's yet. That is coming, but I haven't jumped into that yet. We'll talk um, about that. We we got some notes we wanted to hit on that. <laughs> you know, it, but it's kind of like. What do you do when you start to see people like, let's use Shroud, for instance, when Mixer was a thing, Shroud went, left Twitch, went to Mixer for a multi-million dollar contract. When you're starting to now see all these other big streamers start to move to the YouTube, starting to move to the Facebook gaming, because they feel as though they have better control over how they handle the platform, things of that nature. Twitch has to shake the table. They got to do something, you know, um, and even now, for instance, and I'm probably going to get hit someone I know that is on the road that wants to become affiliate, that wants to be partnered. They're like, well, it's great. Getting 50 followers is a struggle. And I'm blessed to say that I had a following on Twitter from a podcast and various different things where I kind of hit those metrics rather quickly to become affiliate where he's starting from the ground up where I'm just like, why don't you just throw your cash app on the screen while you're playing? I mean, that's a way that right. you can generate money. No one's dipping right. into the pot that way. Um, right. Or PayPal sub, you can set that up separately and exactly and like a $5 plan, a $10 plan or something like that. You can do that right now. You don't have to wait to be affiliate to do that. Exactly. They love you and they want to monetarily support, mm-hmm. not just show up. They can do that. Exactly. And Twitch, Twitch is behind the, 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 the proverbial eight ball, so to speak. And when you start to see the numbers move in a different direction than where you want them to be, it then becomes a point of how do we keep not only the streamers, but the communities in safe spaces? How is it that we can hold people accountable for the things that they say and do, not only when they're on our platform, because a little peek behind the curtain, when you become an affiliate and or partner, there's a contract that you sign. There are things that you sign that are well hidden in these contract is 18 pages, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, you, you're a, what, what was it that it was explained? An independent contractor with Twitch. Uh, meaning who yeah. owns your likeness in perpetuity. And on top of that, um, for you to cancel that contract, you have to contact them directly versus YouTube. When you become a YouTube partner, you can opt out within the dashboard. Twitch, you have mm-hmm. to actually contact, which, which I think is crazy because like that's just like signing up for a gym membership. I've never understood this. And I'm going to call you out playing fitness, right? Miss girl, she will tell you in order to cancel your contract, you got to write a letter and send it to corporate. Why the hell am I? You know what? Bad. I'm not going to write you no damn letter. What I'm going to do is I'm going to change this bank card at Navy Federal and we can talk separately about how we're just going in this. That's what we finna do. I mean, most people will write the letter. They know that. Exactly. That's, that's why it's set up that way. What's the demographic? You see, and that's numbers that we, we don't, we're not privy to. Uh, the largest demographic on Twitch, we don't know, but, uh, they know by design that gamers are lazy. So they're not going to hit up Twitch to undo a contract 
unless they they absolutely understand what the contract says. You know, mm-hmm. I opted out of my contract. I don't know if we talked about that. I opted I, out. I saw you on Twitter talking about it. <laughs> right. Because I wanted the flexibility and I didn't want, you know, the, you know, the Twitch, <laughs> the Twitch to have, um, my, uh, my, the rights to my likeness. Uh, and per- and perpetuity forever and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I didn't like that. Now some individuals don't care about you know contracts and reading the contracts in the fine print. I needed to read the contract for myself because I never want to put myself in a position where I'm stuck. Right? Mm-hmm. Terms and conditions you got to read them. The money could mm-hmm. be good, but you need to read the terms and the condition of the contract. Now if you don't care, whatever, do what you got to do. Right. But if you really want to know what's going on. You you need to read the contract that is readily available by searching for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that out of quarantine really kind of like smacked me dead head in the like the, the face. I remember it was April, April or May. Let's just say it was April of last year. I was and I'm still working from home. You know, kind of. I hate my job. Mm. I can't stand it. I can't stand the people I work with. I can't stand looking at the building. I can't even stand looking at my employee badge. That's how much Mm. I don't like the job. Mm. And I started seeing some friends of mine who had kind of started doing the whole Twitch thing prior to the pandemic. And then pandemic hit, they blew up. We're all at home in the initial stages of this. And, you know, so I was like, hmm. This might be interesting. And then I was talking to a f- my best friend, Flip. He literally, I was just talking to him about it. He was like, oh, yeah, well, I think you could do it. You got the personality. And da, 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 da. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think it'll ever happen. Cool. So then in May, I started just streaming games on my Xbox One X. And through Twitch was, was a hassle. Oh, my God, I hated it. And I want to say I took that serious in June. Within five days, I remember I stopped streaming at like two in the morning and I woke up and saw this email. No, I was actually, I was still up. I saw the email because it came to my phone. It was like, congratulations, you're affiliate. And I'm like, yeah, you made, you made the numbers really quick. I'm like, wait, this, what? And I, I freaked out. It was like, Two something, three o'clock when I saw the email, called my best friend, woke him up. <sighs> See, I, I respect that because, you know, you actually did the grind for it because now you could buy the affiliate. Which Wait, is, what? You can buy the affiliate um, into the affiliate program. And I, I, I don't respect any. It's like, you know, somebody buying a degree online kind of thing or buying, a, you know, one of those things kind of mm-hmm. thing. You, nobody respects that. Right. So now it's this. So it becomes, you know, does Twitch respect that as much as they do uh, the partner program? That's debatable. We can have that conversation for another day. Right. But uh, you can buy into the uh, affiliate program. But. Nobody respects somebody who does that because you, you weren't the one street. You didn't do the streaming. You didn't spend the days. You didn't, you know, have the people come in. You didn't set a schedule. Nobody, nobody respects that. Right. But you did the way that, you know, people respect you grinded for that. And, you know, salute people respect that. 
I am beyond shocked that that that's a thing. Um, not yeah. that I, I wouldn't. I, I, through, I, monster, I, through Monster Cat or something like that. I think you could buy, you could buy into it. I heard about that. Yeah. 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 Because here's nobody the thing, respects that at all, right? And I remember I was really trying to become partnered on Mixer, but Mixer had these elaborate. When I tell you, like elaborately far fetched goals you had to reach. You had to have 2,000 followers. That's the first thing. Then you had to have X amount of people per stream in there and all these different things. To 75 me, or, low, or lower? Because Twitch partner is 75. I want to say that was a little bit lower because the follower count had to be 2,000. Follow, I remember, yeah, the follow count was definitely 2,000. So to yeah. me, that is... Oh, I, I had a crazy facial expression. I'm sorry. I just saw it. Um, to me, that's absolutely crazy. And right. I, I remember my best friend, he kept telling me, no, gotta stay with Mixer. You gotta stay with Mixer. And then I'm like, well, I already had 50 followers on Twitch because I was streaming at, you know, early part of the Xbox One cycle, but I can just literally just pick that up and just continue to run down the street with it. And then, uh, it was a gentleman that used to work for Mixer black guy that was talking about the racial issues that he was having because that, that I remember that huge mm-hmm. over the summer that that tweet thread yes oh my god yes yeah. and literally that lady anyway I don't know I don't remember her name I don't even know what happened to the guy and I forgot his name <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but then like literally like three days later that's not important okay right it's right just, we don't remember okay <laughs> it and like, I think the weird thing is like three days later, they sell everything off to Facebook gaming. And I remember Moonlight Pro because her and I became friends, mm. you know, during that, that weird transition. I remember I had just found her stream and I absolutely like loved what she was doing with the community. And there was another black streamer mm-hmm. who was kind of getting his foot into the the partner he was partnered with mixer um amazing person i absolutely i was subscribing to this person every month boom we're subscribing we're i'm supporting the cause and they moved to twitch and then it's like their ego just went out of control mm-hmm. um and then i just stopped supporting that person but i remember moonlight she was on stream in she was crying because you know she she's like you know we're a small community of mixer partnered streamers but we worked our tails off to get partnered and mm-hmm. you know and i i didn't under i couldn't understand what she was going through because i didn't understand the process because i was very early in that stage i think i had like 155 followers at that time I didn't understand the process and the grind it took for her to become partnered. And I was like, why is she crying? I'm not understanding it. And when she went to Twitch, um, she was kind of like talking about it. And then the more I started getting my feet into the streaming realm, I was like, this is what she meant. Because mm-hmm. streaming is people look at it and it's like, man, all you're doing is sit back and playing a game for however long you're in a stream for. They don't get it. It's so much more than that. It's if I'm having a bad day 
and I'm not, I'm expected to cut this camera on, hit that light, get this mic ready. And instead of being at a low zero, I have to operate at 10 for mm-hmm. however long this stream is going to go for. That's draining. You know what yeah, I mean? It's burnout really quick. Yeah. And I think a lot of people don't see that and they don't understand that. One of my friends, um, is just like I said, getting into it. And I was telling him, I'm like, you're gonna you're gonna find it real quick. Like it's it's. I love streaming. I I can't imagine me wanting to do anything more than. Well, no, that's a lie because I would want to work with Kevin Feige at Marvel Studios. But mm. um, I can't imagine me doing anything else. I mean, playing and interacting. But then it's that side of. Whew, I, I streamed for eight hours today. I am beat, and then I'm like, oh, I got to get up at. 8 a.m. and stream all over again. And this stream kicked my butt Mm -hmm. because I might not have been in a good mood. I got to operate at a Walt Disney World level of 10 instead of being a 5. And I think that's some of the things that people don't understand. This is an investment. Like This whole setup, the camera, the screen, this mic, which is, I love this mic, by the way. Is that Elgato? Elgato Wavelength 3. Love it. Gotcha. Absolutely love this mic. Um, the arm, this lamp, this is well over $2,000 worth of equipment. This is not a cheap thing to get in, you know, to get into that world of streaming. Um, and then it's the upkeep. If something tomorrow, knock on wood, goes wrong with this PC, I, I don't know what the hell to do with this thing. I got to call my best friend who lives in New York and FaceTime. We just do the troubleshooting thing. Um, so it's a lot when it comes to PC gaming that if I were just to stick on the console side, it's so much cheaper. And I don't think people see that. I don't think people see that streamers got to go through a lot to do a stream. If you were to stay on the console side, it's cheaper. I'm trying to see if that statement is completely accurate. I'll break it down for you. There is a company that you can get a laptop, for instance. You, let's say a $600 laptop, even a Mac, I think. You get an Elgato capture card, the external one. You plug Got your it. console into it via HDMI yeah, yeah. to the laptop, and you can do the OBS thing. Or some company, I forgot the name of them, where you could do the overlays, and it kind Light of... Screen? Or somebody else. Yes, that's it. Livestream. You pay what twenty bucks a month or some monthly subscription? Ain't nothing, right? For some people, right? Yeah, it's nothing, right? For, for you, for you, this person, <laughs> ain't nothing for you. Twenty dollars, right? You do that. So you talk twenty bucks a month, right? And you get the same setup that I'm sitting here at this computer doing. Okay. If your Xbox goes up in flames and you have a warranty. You take it, they give you a new one, poof, there we go. If this graphic card burns out in this thing and just completely kaput, guess what I got to go do? You got to get on the hunt and them things ain't cheap. What's cheap for you? Because you're, 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 see, your, your money is different than other people's money. So you can't, yeah, from what I understand, I ain't spying on you or anything like that. You just got a new TV not too long ago. Ooh. How new your TV? Huh? Yeah, okay. Okay. That's, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I can March be wrong. 16th. Okay. So that's, this year. 
I'm just saying, right? So your budget is a little bit different. I so mean, you can, yeah. And then forget the budget. You might know somebody who could make that happen for you. No comment. I'm just so, so your situation is <laughs> different. Yes, it is different. different. It is very different. Um, you know, and I'm very appreciative to the people who have helped me. I will absolutely always big them up every day of the week. But I'm just looking at it from a construct of someone who lives paycheck to paycheck. So, so let, let me let, let's let's be honest. Both of our situations are different because my PC was built for me. All I had to do was buy the case. So I'm, I'm just like, you know, I'm pulling your leg here. I'm kind of in the same boat. So I'm pulling your leg here, but at the end of the day, like both of our situations is different, Mm -hmm. um, are are different. But the the fact of the matter is, um, you're right, right? If uh, a big component goes out on the PC side, if the motherboard burns out or the, the graphics card goes, we, we have to figure out how it's, we, we can't fix it the day of unless, Uh you know, your stimmy's still around and you could do that, right? (laughs) But if it's not, then you you got to figure out you're not getting a 30 card unless it's readily readily available and there's a shortage of that so you're yeah. looking at a 20 you're looking at a 20 card mm-hmm. right so but you still have to order it or you still have to figure out who has it for you to go get it you know if there's that it yeah costs money it does and and I swear I said I would never be the PC elitist but it's great it is. I mean, it feels good. I mean, I don't understand why people like want to like hold on to this, you know, and I could easily slip into the, uh, you know, the war of wars or whatever, but I mean, it feels great. It, it does feel great. Steam summer sales, the steam. Hey, it's a sale just for whatever reason, you know, listen, Halo $20. I'm tempted. Uh, I want to do it. You don't have game pass. No. I don't, I'm not a big subscriber of subscribers just cause. Well, that makes sense. I, um, we do have the Hulus and Netflix of the world. Disney Plus is here, um, for us. We do have access to regular television, uh, through family plans and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. if I don't need the subscription, I'm not going to get it. And, and that's, that's one of them that actually, um, no subscription for PlayStation or Xbox right now. I, I, Pulled the plug on both of that. I just went straight PC, internet, and then whatever game I have. And I, I think that is the route a lot of people have gone that have yeah. crossed to the the, uh, the PC realm. The only reason I'm still on console is because I have friends that are strictly on console, and there are certain games that just aren't cross platform and let I me mean, let's Agreed. be honest the chair is not the most comfortable chair even though i love this chair oh i went the wrong way i love this chair but it's not the most comfortable and i would much rather be laying in my bed on my new tv oh yeah what, what's <laughs> what is that 70 <laughs> how big is the tv man that's irrelevant <laughs> Yeah, we're splitting hairs here. Oh, no, it's not that big, no. I'll go go back. (laughs) Someone said this to me, and ever since someone said this to me way back, like 2009, I've had this mindset now. If you buy a 42-inch TV, you can no longer go lower than a 42-inch. It's only, the sky's only up from here. The biggest screen TV I will ever buy 
ever in my life will be a 75 inch. I will never go bigger than that. Okay, so thank you for the story. So how big is the TV? Because you still didn't tell, you still didn't tell me. You still didn't tell me how big the TV is. Seventy-five. It's between a forty-two and a seventy-five. Closer to the seventy-five, I'm sure. Ooh. Especially, especially if you're going to be watching like the Disney Plus and all the the fun stuff, right? Okay, I can tell you it's a fifty-five. It's fifty-five. It's, it's I mean, that's still yeah. that's still a very huge TV. Yeah, um, yeah, and then of course you know feet feet to distance ratio. You you got to do that um, to to get a perfect. No, you you didn't you didn't want to do that or no? Okay, it's all good. It's all good. So there is this little film you may have heard of it. Um, it's called Avengers Endgame. Little film. It's very. It's an indie film actually. It did okay. Um, it did okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean. Yeah, they did okay at box office. Okay. No, nothing to tout about. Uh, I watched that in Dolby Vision mm. with the surround sound crank. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, that thing looks so good. And I, I watched Aquaman, which I still to this day call a two hour episode of Spongebob. That was recent because you tweeted about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they went to the I'm IMAX, not, I'm, not, scene. I'm not following you or anything. I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're not following each other or anything. Mm, no. Um, when they went to the IMAX scene, when Jason yeah. Momoa was in the full gear and the Triton and the water came down, bro. If you'd seen my face, I was like, I mean, I, that OLED picture. I, I'm just, I mean, 55 is it's a big screen. <laughs> I wanted to get the 75. I wanted to get that so bad. Why didn't you get the 75? Because it it just wasn't there. At the store? Yes. Gotcha. And when, I don't know if you know how impatient I am. A little bit. But when I want something, I don't want to wait. <laughs> okay. Mm. I wanted to put that thing in, in the trunk, in the car, mm. and hit home. So you don't want YouTube then? You said I don't want YouTube? Yeah. Don't want YouTube? Why is that? I buy a basket. Why would I want YouTube? You tell me. I don't know. I didn't this say I didn't want YouTube. We're here to chat. We're here to chat. <laughs> I don't think I said I didn't want YouTube. Okay. So 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 what 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 is that going to look like for you? Because I know it's, it's a conversation that that we 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 kind of like danced around a little bit, you know, earlier this week. What I can say about YouTube, um, I would love to do a weekly live show that centers around comic book movies and TV shows. Yeah, I'm loving those more and more. And I'm really jumping back into how much I really appreciated, um, like reading comic books back in the day and then always wishing that those will actually be real movies and the fact that we're getting mm-hmm. them now and, uh, the, the toxicity of the internet kind of like got to me a little bit. And I'm like, you know, trying to go back to my first loves, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. um, whether that's, you know, watching the turtles again, um, all the comic book stuff. Like I'm really loving jumping back, like Falcon. I'm 
you know, new episode tomorrow. So I'm excited about that. Talk to me. Yep. Greatest Ninja Turtle movie of all times. Go. Oh, you only get to to choose one. Oh, it has to be the, uh, the first one. Thank you. The 89 Turtles film. It has to be the first one. Classic. Absolute classic. I was going to rewatch it the other day. Yes. Um, but now I'm going to rewatch it tomorrow. So absolute classic. I mean, why would you pick anyone, any other ones? I mean, the first one really sets, set the stage. I mean, outside of like the cartoons and stuff like that, but that really set the stage for mm-hmm. how you look at the characters and, and the struggles that they were having, whether that's Raphael and, and the scene where Spencer was talking to him and he didn't want to hear it, you know, and then, you know, they had to go get him and he was fighting by himself on the roof. Right. And then Leonardo dealing with the fact that he's a leader, but you know, his influence was kind of weak at that time. Like how that movie had everything. That was a really well written film. Yeah, that's the best one. I'll even take you a little bit further. There was a CG Nickelodeon Ninja Mm. Turtle show that came on maybe like five years ago. Absolutely one of the funniest things and greatest things that's come since 89. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's on Hulu. I okay. Oh, I recommend watching okay. it. I'll, I'll look for that. And then they announced the the game recently, right? From Dot EMU, they have the game coming out. I'm excited about that. That's I gotta get that. Oh my god! When I saw that trailer, I was like, my childhood is back. Not only that, think about this. On the was it the Xbox 360? I want to say it was the Xbox 360. The greatest game, and mind you. That generation of gaming had gems. I'll okay. just drop 2007 on you. Any okay. gamer or any podcaster that's been covering games, 2007, Bioshock, the first Mass Effect, Halo 3, that whole yeah. year was amazing. Yeah. The best game for me that has come out of that entire generation, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. You gotta love that. When that game was reannounced and it came out on the Xbox Series X in the PS5, hands that down. Was January, right? Yep. yep. When I tell you I ran to that digital store to buy that game because I have been literally screaming, I want this game, I want this game, I want this game. Give me Ramona, give me all the people, I need this game in my life. When it finally happened, I was so excited. It's. I'm glad that they re-released that, because that, that is a fantastic game. Um, and games that are side-scrolling, beat-em-up type games, I mm-hmm. think that still has a great place for us, because we grew up uh, in that era, especially as you mentioned, uh, 2007 is a, is a beautiful year for a lot of things that came out. That we enjoy today, but that side-scrolling uh, action beat 'em up, drop in, drop out, co-op, uh, great music, pixelated—you know—that that kind of vibe. I think that's still a good a good thing. Even having the couch uh, part in it is it, just oh yeah. yeah. I mean, that era of gaming is just undefeated. I mean, like even when you look back, whoo, this is gonna be a fuego take. Even when you go back and you look. At the Nintendo 64 era, we okay. grew up when if a game was broke when it launched, oh baby, you you just stuck with a broke game, you That's know. It. Um, it took me nine months to be the greatest Zelda game of all time, Ocarina of Time. Mm. Nine months. Now, take me four hours to beat a game. Like, where's the longevity in video games? Where's the? It's not appreciated anymore, man. Because you know we we live in the uh, the microwave 
generation. We don't appreciate the, the grind of, of the games of, of, of old, if you will. It's, it's, it's a, it's a feature now. It's not the DNA of the game. Right. But then also when you look at cinematics from like Halo and Gears, I'm not expecting to get a 40 hour game that that would cost millions upon millions upon millions just to put that into production. You know, so let's just say Halo Infinite costs, let's say 200 million to make. Okay. Um, now I want you to give me an eight hour game full of cinematics, great cutscenes, great story. But what does that then look like if I say, give me a 40 hour game like the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time with the well, same the- high quality? Yeah, so the replay value now we're we're talking we're looking at more of the multiplayer component of things, right? The seasonal component mm-hmm. of things, and I think that's what we're getting from most of these titles now. You're going to get the, you at at this point they have no choice but to give you a great experience for Halo Infinite, right? If they mess that up, we already know that it's going to be really really bad, right? Everything that they've done. You know, leading into, you know, whether it's a sale of Halo, all the stuff leading into Halo Infinite, mm-hmm. they mess up Halo Infinite. We know they can't. So it has to be perfect. Right. So the replay value that, that we're getting now and a lot of these games, Destiny, you name them, uh, Warframes of the world is the seasonal content. Right. Yeah. The story's already done. But Destiny now is even uh, trying to do like uh, like uh, clusters, like sections uh, of stories uh, into the weeks. Mm-hmm. So you, you graduate kind of like the Falcon thing every Friday, right? Yeah. And that's six episodes, right? Total, yep. I think. Right. So after that, we're going to the 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 cliffhanger of that is going to uh, pretty much put us back into the Disney ecosystem to watch. Oh, man, what did that mean? Let me go. Right. Rewatch Black Panther because of whatever Re- rewatch. And I think that so so. The, the time is not going to come necessarily from the, uh, the storyline mm-hmm. as it used to, uh, is going to come from the replay value of the, the DLC and those content, yep. uh, the, the game plus of things, whether that's Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. That's how but, I look at it. But see, with Spider-Man, I haven't chartered the course to see how long that game story-wise is without the side missions. Cause I, I haven't done all the side missions. Um, it's it's good. It's it's really good. I think for me, like just to be honest with you, that's the first adventure game that I played in a very long time. And why is like, that? I, because I was stuck. Um, because I, I got sold uh, a bill of goods with the internet, man. Like I was all into this Call of Duty world. Uh, no other game was better than than those kind of games, and mm-hmm. I was stuck in the fighting, the the shooting genre for such a long time that I missed out on a lot of ad- adventure games. Like, I'm surprised I even played Ori, which is fantastic. Right? There's a lot of gems that we got through whether it's a, a Xbox thing, a PlayStation thing. I don't care. You know, yeah. software, just give me the software and where mm-hmm. the, the platform is. I'm going to play it if I really dig what I saw with the trailer or a gameplay short gameplay or whatever yeah but i was just stuck in a world of this this fanboy of you know shooting games are the only games that that matter and i missed out on a lot of adventure games that's that's the reason why i think ori just frustrates me to no end i love the game it's beautiful it's tough but it's beautiful yeah yeah running at 120 frames beautiful i love it um but i think this, and I hate speaking for a developer, but this is just my assumption. When it comes to 
launching a game, and I'll use Marvel's Avengers as the talking point for this. That game, all you had to do is put it out. That game markets itself. Avengers, Marvel, the hottest franchise in the history of franchises right I'm trying now. Trying to see where you're going with this, but go ahead. And mind you, I can give people a slack, the pandemic, you know, that put a curb in a lot of things. I, I okay. completely understand that. Okay. And I don't know if it was Kojima or someone at Nintendo. When you launch a broken game, it's broke forever. And I think developers lean on the crutch of, oh yeah, we know this is broke, but we'll put a day one patch out. It'll fix everything. And I think... Yeah, you have shareholders to answer to. Yeah, you have different people. And it's obviously up to the studio heads when the game comes out and you got to crunch and do all these back end things. But as a consumer, I never want to go through another cyberpunk slash Marvel Avengers ever again. Okay. And okay. I'm not taking a thing, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from the people who make the games. I know it's a hard thing to do. I know you're spending days away from your family. You're, you're in the, you, you know, back when the world was the world, you know, you, you're camped out at the office because you got deadlines to meet. You know, you're coming right. home at 3 a.m. only to wake back up at 6 to go back to the office to finish up some stuff for n- another deadline. I completely understand that. But when does leadership, say do we want to suffer refunds do we want to suffer people losing trust in us as a company Mm -hmm. or do we want to put out the best game that we can put out and let the world judge for itself because i'm gonna tell you right now the reason why halo infinite got all that pushback that it received after that summer event from microsoft was because we kept hearing Xbox Series X is the beast. This is the beast mm. incarnate. This is the Brock Lesnar of the video game industry, right? I'm putting on my Paul Heyman voice now. Yeah. You know, um, but when I look, when people looked at the game, because I thought the game looked fine initially, I, I was like, oh, this looks great. Da, 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 da. I thought it looked great. Yeah. Right. But when you start to hear the aspects of the ray tracing and all these other things that people wanted to see and expect from Halo, it didn't deliver. Now, what happens if they would have launched Halo day and date with the Series X and the Series S and it mm. failed to meet expectations? This game for 343 is a make or break game for that developer. And I'm with you. We long-term Halo fans. I've been there since day one. Mm. This year is the 20th anniversary of Xbox and Halo. So the stars aligned for them to launch it this year. However, this coming holiday, November, whatever it, it tends to launch, that game, and there's no 10 out of 10 game. There's no 10 out of 10 movie. This game has to come got some out. 9.5. It's got some good ones. Yeah. Eight, maybe. Well, I'll give you that. Yeah. This game has to, excuse me, do the impossible of coming out flawless. The yeah. camp, the campaign, the multiplayer, whatever else they decide to throw into it, it has to come out flawless because one hiccup will break that studio. And I, I hate to see it, but Halo 5 for me was such a letdown when you come off of the Hunter Truth podcast, which I don't know how that didn't get any type really of good. an award. Yeah. 
And then I got to that campaign and I'm like, well, what the hell is this? Like, I, I love seeing a black Spartan. I love seeing someone that looks like me. That but was you pressure know. from the other games that had the two, three, four, you know, player co-op situation to right. try to appeal to that, you know, demographic. And it didn't work. But see, here's what we're, and again, this is in hindsight, right? Here's what would have probably had people going for it. You released a game in Chief's point of view first. Then you release maybe a year, six months later, Locke's version of that story. Kinda and then like it's a, kind of... Was that Resident Evil 2? Like the, the two-disc type situation? Yes, absolutely. Because I think, obviously, Chief is Chief. But you're going to introduce a Spartan to this saga that has no backstory. I don't know nothing about this guy. I don't... You didn't give me enough reason to care about this character. That was my next question, yeah. You know, uh, I I wanted to care, but you didn't give me enough to care. That's like putting an Iron Man film with Robert Downey Jr., but then you've got Meryl Streep just sitting in the background chewing up scenery. (laughs) You don't give the girl any lines. Like, why is she in the film? Right. You know, that's kind of what I equate to that. You you got Locke here going on this mission because the UNSC said to do it. But what makes Locke tick? What makes mm. Locke Locke? I know what makes Chief Chief. He's a soldier. The, now, was he in the books or anything like that? Or he wasn't in any books or anything? I don't know. Not that I remember, no. Okay. But to be fair, the only book that I ever read was The Fall of Reach, which is still one of the best literature pieces of work I've ever read in my entire life. Um, like even today? Like worth a pickup today? Oh my god, yeah. If anyone has not picked up The Fall of Reach, I don't know what you're waiting for. Pick that okay. book up. It they were gonna make the the film was supposed to be based off of that. When they were doing the Halo film at that time, it was supposed to be based off of that book. I don't know how they would have done that, but there was really interesting scenes in there. And this is where my imagination was just running with everything that was going on. Um Yeah, I've never done sci fi reading, man. I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about jumping in. If you do, I promise you, pick that book up. You will not. I'm so confident in it. If you pick the book up and you don't like it, I'll I'll personally give you a refund. Mm, mm. There's a scene in there where it talks about. Add it to my joint right now. (laughs) You know, there's a scene in there where it's talking. They're in this room. Think of like the danger room from the X-Men. And all the Spartans are lined up. The danger room is the danger room, right? Huh? Simulation room is a danger room, right? Yeah, it's okay. absolutely. Okay. So, 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 they <laughs> so they had shut the lights off on the Spartans and they uh, gave them objectives. And just how that scene was played out by reading the words off that page mm-hmm. and just, and then it gives you the background of the Spartan program. Like a lot of people don't know the background of the Spartan program. They talked about it in Halo 4 when they were looking for Dr. Halsey. They talked about it a little bit in Halo 5. The Spartan she, program. It's her program, right? Correct. From absolutely. What okay. That's why they call her mom because they would go to different planets and different systems and they would kidnap. kidnap kidnap the kids in the night, yeah. put the clones in their beds yeah. and the clones would live for like two or three days. So they would think their kids are dying. Mm. And uh, like a lot of people don't know that backstory. A lot of people don't know that they're pumping these kids full of all this super soldier serum. serum. Right. Yeah. 
And that that armor is yeah. about. We, we did a little thousand. homework. We, we did a homework on Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's the armor. I didn't, I didn't know. Okay. So thank you for educating me. I didn't know that they were putting a clone to die. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 That's what, and the book goes over it. Like the armor is like a thousand pounds on them. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. it, it just that's gives. Why it sh- that's why he should sound like a tank. Yes. And then when anyone who, I remember when they announced Halo Reach and I was like, yes, this is going to be it. And Halo Reach, I still put as like my top three Halo games. It's a beautiful game, man. And, but everyone who read the book knew how that game was going to end. You just knew systematically these people would get picked off one by one and it happened. Mm. And yeah, I, I, I highly recommend that book. I can't speak okay. highly enough. So about it. I see it says Fall of Reach. It says book one. Is there more than one to to this thing? Okay, so I guess because of uh, how it's set up. Never mind. So okay. I see first strike is book three. Okay, so I see. So this is this is legit. The show. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. It, it's it's on the thing. All right. So um, so let me see if there's anything that that we need to touch on. Okay. So so the YouTube thing. Do you have like um? Do you have plans on when you want to start something on 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 that, or do you want to focus uh, strictly on your Twitch uh, journey right now? Like, what are you thinking? My goal is to have it up and running by the time Loki premieres on June 11th on Disney Plus. Okay, okay. that's that's the goal is to have it up and running, going with some content there. Um, yeah, that's the goal. Okay, so now this is not something that we talked about, but I'm gonna try to ask it in such a way where you understand what I'm saying. So, is there anything that you you want to announce about uh, your professional life, or you are still working on different things in that regard? Uh, in that regard, not quite yet. Not quite okay. yet. We'll keep that one close to the chest for now. <laughs> okay, cool. So, so yeah, so the YouTube thing is interesting, and I think that. Um, as I'm like learning more about it, I guess I just wanted to share some things with you, mm-hmm. uh, if I may. Um, I think YouTube is, um, you know, the, the imagery that I have for it now is it's the perfect host. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to somebody's house, YouTube is the perfect host. Right. Okay. So as soon as you walk in, you know, they're already paying attention to what you like and don't like. So as soon as you enter uh, the platform, youtube.com, they're already uh, trying to figure out what you're going to click on and what you're not going to click on. Just like the perfect host, if you say you like lemonade, uh, very light on the ice, um, with, um, you know, monk fruit instead of actual sh- uh, sugar. Next time you come back to that house, they'll say, okay, so light on the ice, monk fruit instead of, uh, sugar, right? And you say, yeah, that's exactly how I had it last time. That's mm-hmm. what YouTube does, right? Same yeah. thing for food. They just know what you want, right? The host and they, they prepare it exactly the same way or, you know, a different meal with the same kind of structure of the things that you like. And I think that our job, um, if you want to call it that as the person creating, you know, that, that video is to make sure that that video can be found, whether it's the lemonade or, or the perfect, uh, entree. That's our job. Yeah. And if we master that, YouTube will serve it to the perfect candidate for that particular lemonade or food intaker. And that's the thing I think I really, really love about YouTube is it has its own built-in algorithm where 
Twitch does not. Does not. And it's 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 algorithms with an S, bro. It's insane. Yes. It's it's insane. The reason I say that is because like I'm I'm like reading uh a book called The YouTube Formula, which uh I definitely recommend you pick up, you know, at some point. Um when you when you're making that uh move. Mm-hmm. And it talks about all the stuff about YouTube, things that what I never knew. Uh the YouTube formula. Let me see. Oh the YouTube formula. Yes, right here. Okay. Look, I I got my handy dandy notebook. Yeah. So that's the one I'm reading right now about YouTube. And this guy, the author of this book is the same guy who produced the chosen that series, Mm -hmm. the the chosen series, which was charting really high during, you know, Easter weekend for many reasons. Right. But uh, he's the same guy that does that. And the foreword is by Mr. Beast. If you're familiar with Mr. Beast with the crazy videos that he does like super, you know, incredible views on, on that. So, so that's what I'm reading now, man. And, um, when he gave that example in the book about, you know, the perfect host and how they know what to recommend to you, mm-hmm. our job as creators is just to make sure that that content is there and, and down to even YouTube is so crazy with the AI down to even your thumbnail. The AI looks at the thumbnail. I thought that was crazy. I thought it was just, yeah, the thumbnail catches the eye of the person who's going to click on the, on the, uh, the video to watch it. But there's an AI to, to scan the thumbnail to, uh, to see what the thumbnail is about. In addition to the title and the description. That's pretty wild. That's wild. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, so I'm learning all these things. So I'm like, so if it, if it knows what's in my thumbnail, Mm-hmm. Depending on the, the images that, that I, I, you know, the layers of the images that I put there. So whether it's a, you know, Marvel's Avengers picture, a Halo picture, it knows that that's what's in the image. That's insane, dude. That's Google for you. I do I mean, have I can't one. Be mad. I do have one last thing though to share though. Yeah, sure. Let, let's just go. So a friend of ours that we know, and you know, I'm probably going to talk about, but I'm not going to bring his name up because he's going to kill me. I said I was going to start shooting my shot in different areas as far as podcasting and streaming goes. There's this book called Black Boy Out of Time. And it's by, and I'm going to butcher his name. I so apologize. You know what? I'm just not going to say the name. Uh, (laughs) Black Boy Out of Time. Um, I started reading the epilogue to it and I just started drawing parallels from it. So the book is about a young or it's about a black guy who grew up in a black and a Muslim household and he grew up gay and how he navigated through that and even into adulthood and I was like I screw it. I'm just going to hit him up and see if he'll come on the show and I tweeted him. I'm just like, hey, you know, I'm loving the book so far. I would love to have you on the podcast to talk about the book, to talk about, you know, very at various aspects of the book. Didn't think he was going to reply at all. So he's like, sure, I'll do it. Shot me his personal email. I sent him like, hey, this is so-and-so from Twitter. You talked about coming on the show. I'd love to have you on. Talk about the book, yada, 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 yada. So he didn't reply for like, let's say four or five days. His publicist then replied because I guess he forwarded to her and her and I have been in communication and I have a published author 
coming on my podcast. That's to cool. me, I think that is freaking huge. Where it is, I, I, I've had Brian. Uh, uh, I can't remember his game tag, but Brian Austin, who's been a friend of mine for. God, since I started podcasting, because he was a part of Sarcastic Gamer. Mm. And um, I've had him on the podcast when he worked over at EA. And we talked about Titanfall when that came out, which was a great service. I absolutely love Brian. But I was like, yeah, that was kind of like the biggest name that we had on the show. And we talked about a product. And I was like, that was great. That was amazing. And then this happens. Like, mm. My 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 publisher, wow! My therapist put in a uh, perspective for me this week, and she's like, "One, you need to finish the book, which I have not, which I'll have it finished by next Saturday." Um, she said, "Look at what you're look at what you're you've accomplished right now." So it's only April. You have a published author coming on your podcast to talk about his book. Even though I think his pronouns, he goes by they, their, their book. And I can't that's have a, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. Like I, I am even thinking about it is just freaking me all the way. And I would go grab the book so everybody can see the cover, but it's upstairs. But it, I'm floored, like literally floored by it. I did, I never expected this to happen. And even over the past several months, see, I'm bringing it back to some stuff we talked about before. Um, no, that's fine. Over the past several months, um, just certain people who I've connected with and have talked to who work in the gaming industry. And I've been looking at myself like, what in the world? Where's all this coming from? And right. It's, it's, it's baffling. I'm not gonna say baffling. It's just, I prayed for signs. Oh, there we go. Black boy out of time, a memoir. Um, it, when you pray for a sign and then God just starts throwing things at you, you, you gotta be prepared to run with it. Whether I'm not, whether, you know, I'm prepared to run with it or not at this moment, I'm just gonna take the bull by the horns and run because Absolutely. who knows if some of these opportunities are gonna ever represent themselves. And I'm not gonna talk about anything at this moment, but you know, one, um, that two, two, two yes. Okay. Two <laughs> <laughs> that when it happened, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Me? I, I kind of looked at it crazy too because I was like, what's happening here? Right. <laughs> Is this a prank? <laughs> right. And I'm just like, what? And I don't know if you know who David Tusli is. Um, yeah, yeah, of course. He said something to me last week on Twitter. He jump, he jump started my, uh, my get out of shyness mode. So yeah. Uh, there you go. And he literally, I had put a tweet saying, you know, 2021 is going to be the year I step out of my comfort zone. I'm going to start doing a lot more different things because I know I can do it. And then he literally replied. And this is why I love David. He said, I'm so glad you said that because basically what he said was, and I'm paraphrasing, you're rooting for other people when you're just as capable as them. Yeah. This and I had to really think about that. And I'm like, 
damn it, you're right about that. Like, I am capable of obtaining all these subscribers that I want and to do the things that I'm seeing other people doing, but do it from a unique perspective because the way you approach something will be completely different from the way I'm going to approach it. We have two. That's why I need you. What do you mean? We, we need each other. We don't. Oh yes. I'm sorry. (laughs) You cut our personalities. Absolutely. And on the planet. Yeah. When I see you move, that only encourages me to move even harder in my route. And I guess that kind of goes back to the, the competitive thing, so to speak, where it's not intentionally meant to competitive. It's you among other people inspired me to do better in the spaces that I'm operating in when it comes to the spaces we operate in. Yeah, so, so here's a lot of things that people find out like in the worst way. Kobe and Mike were best friends. Mm-hmm. Who knew until, you know, he passed. Mm-hmm. But that was, he, he, he was learning from him a lot of different things. Well, first it was the videotapes, uh, watching him, then competing against them. But they were best friends. They knew each other's families. You know, Kobe was calling Mike at two, three o'clock in the morning. Be like, what happened with that particular step? Do I have to have my feet? You know, asking him different things about, you know, what made Michael Jordan great. Kobe's calling him at late night. So we didn't find out about that until, you know, Mike talked about it during, Mm -hmm. you know, his celebration and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, competition is everywhere, man. But I think that if we if we really moved, you know, in in that beautiful light Mm -hmm. within that competition, you know, it would be, you know, more beneficial to everybody. But, oh, yeah. uh, we always thought they were like um, enemies for a long time, but all-star games, you know, they're sitting here talking to each other on the court and stuff like that. And there's a beauty in that, right? That I, I, I hope to see more of, you know, especially in our um, small gaming community. Cause everybody, like you said, everybody talks. Yes, they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, learned, we learned that. We learned that this week. <laughs> yes, we learned that this week. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely, we did. So, yeah. So, um, so episode, what, what number are you on now? Because I know you, you moving and shaking and popping. So, where are you at? This will be episode 150. Congrats. Thank you. Congrats. Congrats on the interview because that's big. Congrats on the interview. I'm dreadfully nervous. I've never interviewed an author before, so I kind of got to do what Oprah does and get those little sticky notes and put them on the page and re- you know refer back to certain things, but my handy-dandy notebook has all the stuff I need right here. So, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm going to do, obviously, my research on the author because I don't want to be like, oh, I don't know anything about you. Who are you? No, that's yeah. me. That's coming unprepared, and the Virgo in me would literally just collapse and ugh. So... I'm, I'm very I think you're hopeful. You're gonna do great, man. You're gonna do great. You know, you, you, don't worry about it. It's, um, <laughs> I know there's there's stress involved and and that that kind of stuff, but um, but you've seen enough, you've heard enough, you've been on platforms, um, so you understand like you know what uh, the book means to him, and um, and we understand what the conversation means to you. So it's not something that you're gonna be like all lax about. So right, it's gonna be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. So anything that you want to touch on before we close? Anything <sighs> you think we, we didn't hit? Because Falcon is Friday, so we're gonna, I'm sure you're going to watch that. I'm watching that. Uh, Snyder, we didn't really talk about. I liked it, but I didn't have any issues with it. 
I thought um, Justice League, I liked it. The first two and a half hours, I was bored. I'll just say that. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was great. I think that if that was the first experience, you know, for that movie, um, you know, setting the stage for each character, I think that was um, done, you know, better. Um, the, a lot of slow-mo stuff I could have done away with. You mm-hmm. know, that that could have shaved at least 20 minutes off the film. All that slow-mo stuff, right? Yeah. But I think it was necessary in certain regards to get the impact of how fast maybe Flash is moving. That's cool because we need, because we understand that he's so fast. I, I get the slow-mo for him, but I didn't need the slow-mo for every other person. Right. That's me. That's me. But outside of that, it's nitpicky though. But outside of that, I think it was great. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not gonna knock Zack Snyder for his choice, what he did. I think it was a very sad decision that he had to step away from the project. Mm. Um, but I think that's been my issue with DC as a whole, where it took Marvel 12 years to get the end game. 10, but no, 11 years to get the end game because they, build the world out. They build the galaxy of people out where DC, it just felt like they were just trying to rush to get to Justice League. And it's like, okay, yeah, we could just go ahead and tell the backstory to all these characters in this one movie, um, which I've been critical about that because you're not giving me time to care about these people. You know, um, because so when, what was that? Civil War, when Cap and Tony went at it at the end of that movie. I was invested because Cap and Tony hypothetically never got along. Cap always had a Stark in his life with Howard. Tony's always had to hear about Captain America from his dad growing up. Mm. So by the time we get to the first Avengers movie and they're on the helicarrier and they're like really beefing going back and forth. It's like, okay, I get it. You understood that. And then the movies build out further and further. And then we end up at Civil War where they're completely fractured. The reason why they lost in Infinity War was because they weren't a team. They were split together as a team. They can take down anybody. But what happens? But there we go. You know, (laughs) so it's like as a team, we can tackle the galaxy when you fracture us. And it was mm-hmm. just a splinter of a fracture that they put in there. Look what happens. And right. there was, there wasn't that in, um, Justice League. They could have started with a Justice League movie just as a Justice League out the gate without any back telling. And they could have done a two part. They could have, wow, what was that movie? It's just it's an animated movie where they did it. And they're all bumping into each other when, um, <laughs> Doomsday is trying to take over the world mm. and they're all bumming. It's like, well, who the heck are you? No, who the heck mm. are you? And you can build that out with the right script if you're trying mm. to rush to do this, mm. but you just didn't invest me into the character. The only character I really genuinely probably cared about in that entire movie, maybe was Superman. Maybe. You didn't care about Wonder Woman? Oh, God, no. Wonder Woman had. The first one was an okay movie. The second one, do not get me started on that train wreck. I still have to watch the second one. Oh, I'm not going to give you any expectations. You watch it. You tell me what you think. For me, they could have kept that. Okay. All right. So um, let me see. So plug it. Plug your podcast. And then um, I think I have one more thing for you. And then we, we should we can wrap. 
Okay, uh, you can find the Phoenix podcast on all your RSSS feeds. Um, yeah, it's basically a video game and tech podcast where we go over everything that basically can plug into an electrical outlet, um, and pop culture and how things affect we, I, we like to look at things from the, uh, the black perspective because that's who we are. That's dope. Now, thanks for, for that. Is there a particular tech that you're looking to buy um, in the next six to nine months? The Sony A6100. That is squarely on my radar because when I tell you I want that camera so bad. (laughs) So I would say that and maybe a 3080. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Phoenix, man. Thanks for coming, man. Thank you for having me, sir.